0: Hello, everyone. This is Sal from Bitcoin Taxes. Welcome to our podcast series discussing cryptocurrency and taxation. Today, we are speaking with Jacqueline Mitchell, a tax advisor from Visor. Visor is an excellent tax filing and advisory service with expertise in the cryptocurrency space. We're going to be discussing cryptocurrency capital gains, how they are taxed, some of the nuances involved in cryptocurrency taxation, and how to properly file those taxes. Jacqueline, thanks uh, so much for taking some time to talk to us today. No problem. Glad to be here. So can you start by uh, telling me a little bit about your own personal experience in the cryptocurrency space?
1: Sure. And I'll be honest and tell you that personally, I'm a light investor. (laughs) I am a typical accountant in that we are conservative at heart. And the volatility in the crypto space has scared me a little bit from partaking too much. So my own personal investment portfolio is a little light in the crypto. But I've become very interested in the tax consequences of crypto transactions. So I'd say I'm heavily invested that way.
0: I, I completely understand that because I'm pretty involved in this space and I am also a light investor. So I completely <laughs> I completely understand that.
1: Right. We'll let the investors invest. Yes, you know?
0: exactly. We'll, yes, we'll do our thing. Exactly. Right. You're a tax advisor advisor. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about that?
1: Yep, I've been at Visor for about a year now. And before Visor, I worked at a big four firm and then a large regional firm in New York. And now I'm with Visor full time and I'm based out of our Atlanta, Georgia office. And in our Atlanta office, we have a whole team of folks dedicated to working with our clients year round on their taxes.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about Visor? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So Visor was founded in 2016 and it had this mission of making professional tax services affordable to any and everyone. And to do that, we address two critical components. The first one being getting your taxes filed by a tax professional. So there's no more hoping and wishing that everything is accurate when you click submit when you're filing online. And there's no more anxiety when you're filing your own return online. The second one is, getting year-round tax advice and support so that when you're making decisions throughout the year, they can be optimized for tax savings. I think we all know by the time it's you're ready to file, it's too late to make those changes that can
0: impact your refund. Absolutely. I know a lot of our customers are working on their taxes. They have their portfolio. They kind of look at it year-round. So I think it's great that you guys offer year-round support and advice. I think that's awesome. Yep. What is uh, Visor's history working with clients in the cryptocurrency space?
1: Well, that wasn't our intention in the beginning, but Visor's clients are young professionals. And by that, we mean they're people in their early 20s to mid 40s who have hit their comfort level when it comes to doing taxes on their own. And this could be because of life events like getting married or having a child or buying their first home or just making more money than they're used to. And so many of these clients in this space are into technology, and they're up to date on new innovations like blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So when we got these clients, we realized that we needed to develop that area of expertise so that we can properly serve this client segment. And then we also realized that there were a lot of other tax prep services that hadn't yet adapted to be able to support these kind of clients. Right. So it kind of happened organically. There was like a big explosion of crypto in 2017 in a price standpoint, and then also the number of people involved in crypto also exploded. So that expertise that we've developed, it has served us pretty
0: well. Crypto is just becoming more and more mainstream. I mean, a few years ago, not that many people traded crypto, and now... You know, you can talk to your grandmother who knows nothing about technology and she still knows what Bitcoin is.
1: And she probably <laughs> has some Yeah,
0: she's she probably got more Bitcoin than both of us, right?
1: <laughs> no, seriously. You can, um, you can download Robinhood, which is a free brokerage account or a free trading account, and you can download crypto right there or trade crypto right from there, from Bitcoin. So it's accessible
0: to the majority of people in the US now. Yeah, and that's that's obviously an awesome development in the crypto space. Can you give us a summary of the overall tax situation for most people in the United States uh, in regards to crypto?
1: Sure. And I'll just say there are two things that come into play when we talk about crypto and crypto taxes in the U.S. And the first being the IRS has only issued a small amount of guidance when it comes to taxation for crypto and that there is accounting that needs to be done when you're calculating your gains with crypto and that can get messy kind of quickly. So for most investors, it can be pretty straightforward. The IRS has issued sufficient rules to help govern how you will treat your taxes and the gains, but the accounting can still be complicated, especially if you're trading on multiple exchanges or if you receive forks or if you have unique crypto events. And then it gets a little bit more complex for the people who are big traders or those who have margin tradings or things like that there's not a big infrastructure in place like in other parts of the investment world where you'll receive a 1099 form for all of your transactions. So just to summarize, I think in general, for most people, it's straightforward. And then for some people, it gets a little tricky.
0: From what I've seen, I think a lot of those margin trading exchanges don't really offer enough information to their users that would allow them to really get an accurate calculation of their gains. Hopefully that'll change in the future. But as of now, they're really not giving enough information to their users.
1: They're not. What I've seen typically when it comes to that is the proceeds are way overly stated, which could allow you to pay a lot of extra taxes. if, If they don't provide accurate records, then it's basically the burdens on you to make sure that you're not overpaying your taxes
0: Right. It's, it's pretty common for somebody to be well-versed in the crypto space, but not necessarily well-versed in the crypto taxation space. So Absolutely. they'll get one of those forms that says, hey, here's your gross proceeds. And they're like, wow, I have to pay taxes on a million dollars and I, I've only made profits of a few thousand or a you know, very little amount. What What am I going to do here? So that's where we come in.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I see that all the time. And your service is exactly the service that those people need to try to
0: uncode what's going on with their crypto. Yes, absolutely. A lot of crypto traders are everyday investors. They buy and sell a few different coins. What would you say to those types of investors?
1: Well, I would say the first thing that they need to know is that their trading may be taxable. And if they're not sure, they can just look at the notice that the IRS issued way back in 2014 that defined cryptocurrencies as property. And what that meant then and what it means now is that investments in crypto, and I'm talking about your basic buying and selling, those will count as capital gains. And they'll have the same rules as other capital gains, meaning if you held them for less than 12 months, they will count as short-term capital gains subject to ordinary tax rates. And if you held them for more than 12 months, they will be considered long-term capital gains. And you'll receive a more favorable tax rate on those gains. If you have any losses from those trades, it will count towards your tax and can reduce your overall tax liability. Now, that sounds all straightforward, but where it gets tricky is keeping track of your investments especially if you're trading multiple coins on multiple exchanges, because every time you sell or even use a coin or a fraction of a coin, you've had a taxable event and you need to calculate that gain or loss based on the initial acquisition cost of that coin. That's where it gets a little complicated, but to be honest, the biggest mistake I see from investors is just not reporting their crypto activity at all. And that's a big mistake. People think that the IRS won't catch you and, um, they might be right, but I wouldn't be confident. There was a settlement between Coinbase and the IRS that resulted in names being turned over by Coinbase to the IRS, and now more and more exchanges and entities are issuing to 99Ks. They're explicitly saying that they will be compliant with IRS rules, even though the IRS hasn't been explicit with their rules, saying we will comply with the IRS. <laughs> so... Even though there's been limited guidance from the IRS, we know in general they are paying attention. They expect you to make a full faith attempt to reflect the tax implications of your crypto investments. So we'd suggest doing the same.
0: I think that's an important point, You know, full faith attempt. Uh, as long as you're not trying to purposely evade taxes on a purchase or doing something that seems fraudulent and you give proper documentation and show how you're coming to these figures, I think that's incredibly important. You know, the the IRS might come back to you and say, hey, we need a little bit more clarification, but they're not going to come back and say, hey, this is clearly fraudulent activity and, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No,
1: it's not like that. It's that reasonableness and it's that good faith that you're not trying to get over or evade your taxes. Right. you have no obligation to pay more taxes than you do, but you shouldn't be trying to evade or, or do things that are fraudulent. So as long as you're not doing that, then you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully people will listen to that advice. There definitely are people that do still think they don't have to report their taxes, and that's unfortunate, and that's their own decision. But I don't think that anybody else that's on the fence should listen to those people. They should realize they do have to pay their taxes.
1: And Sal, I'll say, I can't think of the exact reference, but other than that guidance issued in 2014, the IRS, it wasn't considered guidance, but they issued a warning saying that cryptocurrency is taxable and the gains associated with that should be reported. And if there was any kind of confusion before then, there shouldn't mm-hmm. be any more
0: Right. They basically said, "Hey guys, listen. You have to pay taxes on these. We'll give you some further guidelines in about four or five years. But until then, <laughs> just just know that you do in fact have to." Pay back. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, that's the IRS for you. So speaking of guidance, there actually was the new tax law that started earlier in 2018. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that impacted uh, cryptocurrency? Sure,
1: I can. So there were lots of changes made for 2018 going forward, but I guess from the crypto world, one of the biggest change is around the 1031 exchange or like-kind exchanges. And long story short, 2018 tax returns going forward, you cannot use like-kind exchanges when applying to crypto it's only applied to real property 2018 going forward but 2017 and years before there were opposing camps as to whether you could take like-kind exchanges and apply it to crypto and the question surrounds whether the trades between different kinds of coins like if you were not selling bitcoin for cash but rather selling bitcoin for ether would that qualify as a like-kind exchange And then if it does, that capital gain that you would pay taxes for this year would otherwise be deferred until a later year.
0: That generally means that you're paying less taxes, which is why people loved it so much.
1: I guess in general you're paying less taxes, but the idea of it is you're paying less taxes this year. Not worry yeah,
0: about the taxes next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a procrastination approach to taxes, essentially.
1: Right. It's really meaningful for people who have done so much trading, but not for, you know, fiat for cash. They haven't sold those coins for cash. They have just made exchanges for other coins. They're basically delaying the tax that will be due. Right. Um, This could really impact those people who just made a bunch of exchanges between coins and don't even have the cash to pay the tax associated with those gains because their entire investment is still tied up in crypto. So there was that debate for 2017, but that doesn't really exist anymore because for the 2018 tax year, they have clarified that that it's only for real property. So in 2017, going forward, our general advice was that it should not apply to crypto and that utilizing 1031 was a pretty aggressive tax position and that it would come under IRS scrutiny and likely call for an inquiry or an audit. There aren't a million 1031s being filed every day, so it'd be pretty easy to spot the ones that included crypto versus real property.
0: Even before we had clarification, it was already pretty well known as an aggressive and somewhat risky option. It was at least an option, I guess, at that point. But now, moving forward, we yeah. have clarity that cryptocurrency cannot be calculated with uh, 1031 like-kind exchange. I know that's probably not great for a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people aren't super happy about that. But I think any clarification is is good, positive.
1: Right. I agree. I think knowing yes and no is better than taking a chance and kind of having that anxiety about it.
0: Yeah, agreed 100%. So do you think that the IRS is going to do anything about crypto taxation, even more so moving forward?
1: I mean, to be honest, it is a guessing game as to what they might do. They don't seem in a rush to provide guidance, but I would say that they are focused on ensuring compliance. That explains the recent lawsuit with Coinbase that I mentioned earlier. And just in general, the, the warning that they've been giving regarding reporting your income and paying the taxes on it. But there's been interesting developments, maybe not with the IRS, but the state of Ohio right now is accepting tax payments in the form of Bitcoin. And right now it's only available for businesses, but it's an interesting development. It's the first of its kind. And I think it is where the trend is going to be. And as a matter of fact, the IRS had a webinar discussing cryptocurrency, and the host said that he believes in the next two years that the IRS will be accepting Bitcoin as a form of payment to pay your taxes. So I definitely think crypto isn't going anywhere. I think it's going to become mainstream. But of course, there are implications, because when you use crypto, even to pay your taxes, that event in itself is a taxable event. So... We'll see if that if the IRS changes how we deal with crypto, whether it stays defined as a property or if it becomes another currency that we have.
0: So if somebody only got into crypto in 2018 and they only have losses, do they need to do anything? So I'll say this. Whether you have losses or gains,
1: you should report those investments on your taxes. But if you do have losses it will be advantageous to report those because up to $3,000 can be deducted against your other income. So it will at least lower your tax bill. So don't let those losses go entirely the ways. The key though, is that if you actually have losses, you have to sell those assets to realize those losses. Right.
0: Yes. I think a lot so, of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm.
1: There is some confusion there. If you bought a coin and you're just watching it, the value of it go down, right. you might feel like you're losing and you might actually be losing, but you haven't realized the loss yet. And you don't realize a loss until you actually sell it and have that loss.
0: And that's that's a very important point because I, I mean, I just recently had a customer talking to me about, you know, hey, I've got these coins. I clearly am at a loss, um, but I haven't sold them yet. Well, unfortunately at that point, Yes, you're losing your investment, but it's just losing a loss. Yeah, unfortunately, you haven't done anything yet. And hey, maybe it'll go back up in value. Maybe. You know, you know that's you never know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, is an investor allowed to sell a coin to create a loss and then repurchase that coin?
1: You are certainly allowed, though there are some caveats that should be considered. And there's actually an article on bitcoin.tax blog that briefly discusses it, and that's economic substance. An economic substance is that doctrine in the tax law that says that transactions shouldn't be made solely for tax purposes, and that if it is made solely for tax purposes, then it can be disallowed. So that brings up an argument that selling your crypto just to make that loss and then immediately repurchasing might violate that economic substance rule. So the question that raises from that is how long do you have to wait? Do you wait just a few minutes, hours, days? Or is it like wash sales where you have to wait 30 days before you repurchase that same investment? Well, the answer to those questions aren't quite defined, but I will say that wash sale rules apply specifically to securities and stocks. And they don't apply to crypto at this moment.
0: I do want to mention that I know the SEC has been looking into ICOs specifically saying that Bitcoin itself is not a security, but most of the ICOs that people are dealing with are a security. Now, of course, that's not an official documentation, but it is the chairman of the SEC saying that. So anybody who is investing in ICOs, I think they just need to make sure they're following the news and being aware that some of their ICOs could eventually be considered securities. Maybe wash sale rules will apply to their ICO securities. So it's definitely something that they have to stay abreast about.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a really good point to mention, because once your asset is a security, it does have different rules that are pretty well defined.
0: Right, yep, absolutely. And that's where you guys are gonna come in handy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, <laughs> we'll
0: cool. be here for you. All right, so let's talk a little bit about token splits, airdrops, forks, how should they be handled? Are they treated as income?
1: Uh, short answer, yes, forks and airdrops both result in taxable events and they are included in income. They might not be like explicitly mentioned by the IRS in, their, in the 2014 issued guidance, but the most reasonable approach when it comes to forks and airdrops is to report the fair market value of that cryptocurrency when you received it, report that fair market value as additional income. This approach is consistent with the well established tax law that income is taxable well at the time when you take possession of of that income right so for example, let's say You own one Bitcoin and it forks into another, to one Bitcoin and one Bitcoin cash. That one Bitcoin cash you received, the value of that needs to be reported as ordinary income in your tax return. That sounds pretty straightforward, but I guess when it gets tricky is determining exactly how much income to report. In a typical situation, we'd look to the fair market value on the date you took possession. However, this might not be the best approach if markets haven't started trading yet for that asset. So in that case, it might be the value on the coin when it first starts trading. There's not really a right answer right now or a definitive answer, at least. So we'll say to use your best judgment in these cases.
0: Right. And as of now, using the fair market value and considering it income, considering your fork income, that's the conservative, that's kind of the safe approach. It might not be the best fiscally for you. You might have to pay more taxes, but it is the most conservative and almost the safest approach, right?
1: Right. And then I'll say too, what you do include as your income, when it's time to sell that asset, that counts as your cost basis. So the other approach would be, let's say if you didn't include it in your income, you wouldn't have any basis to net against it when it's time to sell it.
0: I made a Reddit post about that recently because some people prefer not to assign it to fair market value, but then if your cost basis is zero, then mm-hmm. you're paying more gains when you sell that coin or when you trade that coin. Let's say you get a thousand dollars worth of a and you give it a zero-cost basis. So you're paying $0 income tax on that hard fork. But then if you go and sell that coin that was worth 1000 you sell yep. it for $2,000, it's got a zero-cost basis. So you're being taxed on $2,000. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's you know, trading is more nuanced than that and it's not always so easy. Yeah. And there's definitely situations where the conservative approach is going to make you pay more taxes. But as you mentioned, the conservative approach is the safe approach. It's mm-hmm. the one that isn't going to get you in trouble. And in some cases, it's also the one where the taxes would be the same if you were taking the riskier approach.
1: And then, but I guess why it would be considered conservative is that you're not paying your taxes up front. You're not including that income in your taxes up front the other way. And, um, my advice, especially if you're a little nervous when it comes to the IRS, or if you just want to do things by the book, the best way you can would be to take the conservative route included in your in your taxable income and keep records of it. So when it's time to sell, you can adjust that cost basis.
0: Yep, absolutely. So can you talk a little bit about uh, cryptocurrency and international tax issues?
1: Yeah, sure. So there are definitely international tax ramifications for crypto. And i would say that they fall into two buckets. The first one will be for US citizens or residents. And their question, I guess, regarding international crypto issues is do they have a requirement to file an FBAR? And just generally, the requirement for having to file an FBAR is that all residents, all people who are taxed as US citizens, they have a requirement to report their foreign bank accounts if they've had $10,000. At any point in the year in that bank account, in that foreign bank account, they have to file an FBAR report. And to clarify, the IRS doesn't just call like what you would think of a traditional bank account a bank account. Mm. It is much more broad than that. And just to give you an example, if you have an online poker account that's held overseas, that gets reported on the bar. So while there haven't been clarification as to whether your crypto holdings need to be reported in FBAR. Here, advisor will say, why not? And as part of your filing, we'll include that if you want to. We give the advice that you should. And the reason why it's a question is because in general, there's not a reporting requirement for property held overseas. There are reporting requirements for what the government um, defines as accounts or financial accounts, but not for property, unless that property is held in an account defined by the F bar as a financial account. So the wording gets a little tricky. Um, it's not a, a tax associated with the form. There's not really any risk associated with the form. It's just a little annoying having to fill it out and getting that information that you might not have on hand. But when it comes to risk versus reward, we don't see
0: why not. So there's not a tax on the F bar.
1: There's no tax. It is a informational filing. But I will say there's a big penalty if the Treasury decides that you had a requirement to file and you don't. There are huge penalties um, associated with that. So over here, we'll just say err on the side of caution Yeah. And file it. There's um, there's no reason not to. And the only thing I'll say, this might be a little too specific, is that if you have over 50K of foreign assets abroad or foreign crypto abroad, then we'd advise you to tell your tax advisor so that they can include it in your filing return. There's still no tax on it though. It's still an informational
0: filing. Okay. I think that's definitely important for people to know.
1: So now there's the other group of people who are concerned and that's the non-residents, the non-US citizens um, who are in the US, who might have crypto either at home or in another country abroad. And, they just need to know that if they are not being taxed as U.S. citizens, for instance, they're on an F or J visa, they're here for graduate school, or they're not being taxed as, as residents, then they have no obligation to file an bar and they also don't have to report non-U.S. sourced income. However, if you are a non-resident, but you are taxed as a resident for tax purposes, then you still have the same requirements as other U.S. citizens. You have to report that FBAR, or you have the choice to report that FBAR to include <laughs> your foreign assets, and you have to include all of your worldwide income, including gains.
0: It does sound a bit complex. You know, I do think that's where you guys come in, because somebody can come to you guys and say, hey, here's my situation. What, what are my obligations? And you guys will know exactly what kind of obligations they have
1: right and we can have a phone call or just message to talk about it and to answer all of your questions because one answer might lead to another question yeah um it does get complicated
0: yeah that's very helpful that's a very helpful service to have absolutely so i want to ask you about charitable gifts and deductions are people allowed to make gifts and claim deductions on their crypto donations
1: so if you are in the giving spirit donations of crypto assets might make a a lot of sense. There are several charities that already accept crypto assets. There's the Red Cross, United Way, and lots of smaller nonprofits. So it's worth doing a Google search and just checking out. And depending on how you decide to give, you can have, you could potentially get two different benefits. Um, If you give the asset, you can avoid unrealized capital gains by avoiding just the asset and not not selling it first and then donating the cash. If you do it that way, you'll still have to pay taxes on the gain. Whereas if you just sell the asset, you avoid that capital gain and you get to take a bigger deduction. Hmm. Just like with cash donations, you'll get that on your itemized deductions. And, you know, as many of your listeners will know, um, part of the 2018 changes was the high standard deduction, which means that a lot of people aren't being able to take their itemized deductions.
0: Right. And do you have any practical advice for how to handle income or spending from years ago that somebody doesn't remember or they can't access details about?
1: I would say you have to use the most reasonable method that you can and provide the best records and documents that you have. And a reasonable method might be historical prices and um, using the fair market value and the best dates that you can remember. And then my second piece of advice is talking to a tax advisor, explaining what records you do have and what you can remember. And they can help walk you through your options and figure out the best way to file as accurately as you can. That's the best that you can do.
0: Right. And on the topic of historical prices, I will mention that, of course, with Bitcoin tax, we do have years back to 2013. So on Bitcoin tax, let's say, for example, you had one Bitcoin in 2013. You can go into your 2013 tax year, enter one Bitcoin, and we'll pull that historical pricing data. So if you're not sure what the price is, we at least have that available for you.
1: Oh, Bitcoin.tax is awesome for that very reason. Um, I've had lots of clients who didn't know where to get started. And just by a conversation, we were able to walk them through where to get started. And then taking them to Bitcoin.tax and having them manually kind of figure it out and paint the picture of what happened in that year. Um, Bitcoin.tax is great for that.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And I may be biased, but I certainly agree. (laughs) And then I did want to just say one more thing on the topic of keeping your data and having as many records as possible. I think it's important for people to know that they should kind of almost regularly be exporting their data from their exchanges, you know, maybe, maybe every couple months, because a lot of these newer exchanges, sometimes they close down and then you don't have any of that data anymore. Or you can't access that data anymore. So I think it's important for people to regularly have copies of their trading data. And
1: to keep on going with that, to talk about Bitcoin.tax, you guys have that closing report that we find so useful and that we download for each of our clients. That closing report tells you what you close the year with, and it will tell you what you're opening next year with. So if your exchanges all like funk out or something yeah, happens, at least you have those records. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. Agreed. It's really good. So I want to talk a little bit more about Visor. Um, how does somebody get started with you guys?
1: it's super easy to get started visor operates entirely online so you just have to go to visor.com and create an account and at that point you'll have the ability to start talking to someone on our team through our online portal and then we have phone calls so you can speak with the tax advisor as much as you need to and then our mobile app is being launched shortly so be on the lookout for that and then if they're already bitcoin.tax customers they'll go right on your homepage, and they'll be directed to a special deal $25 off of our service for bitcoin.tax users so you can just go there and sign up if you're interested in working with us and there's absolutely no cost to get starting or creating an account so don't hesitate just
0: go check it out. Yeah and I agree I mean again obviously we've talked about what a great service it is I think it's also such a it's such a simple um, user interface. That people Mm -hmm. can just go on it's not overly complicated they can just go on answer a few questions and like you said you have this support where somebody can call if it does get a little complicated so it's a really it's a really excellent solution to cryptocurrency taxation and and taxes in general thank you yeah no problem (laughs) so can somebody contact visor year-round for tax advice
1: yes absolutely as part of your service we are available to you year-round and that's for both audit protection and for advice and audit protection includes responding to the IRS or states if you receive an inquiry so not many people get actual like audits but you might receive an inquiry or a letter asking for more information so that brings a lot of peace of mind especially to our crypto investors who are so worried about the IRS or about an audit we're here for you, we will respond on your behalf, and we will work with you until your case is resolved. And we do that without billing you by the hour or even charging you anything extra like a typical CPA firm might. And then, of course, it's the typical reason that clients reach out to us during the year, and that's just with questions that they might have. It might be something like open enrollment at work or filling out the W-4, or trying to figure out what an HSA is or FSA, mm-hmm. or if they're getting married and they want to know if they should file separately or jointly next year. If you have questions like that, you can just reach out to your tax advisor anytime during a year.
0: That's very cool. What does somebody need to include specifically for crypto with Visor when they submit their documents to you guys?
1: So it depends on what kind of activity they've had in crypto um, during the year. If they've just been, you know, doing some simple trading, then we ask that they either go on their exchange and provide a report from their exchange or that they connect with you guys on Bitcoin.tax and generate it there. And, you know, not to give you guys too many compliments, (laughs) why Bitcoin.tax is awesome is because it allows the taxpayer to connect either one or several of their exchanges to the one software bitcoin.tax and produce an 89.49 from you guys and then if you're working with us you can give us permission to enter your bitcoin.tax account via our advisor account and it allows us to kind of view your account and even do some kind of tax optimization if you if you'd like us to and bitcoin.tax it also handles more complex situations like mining income or spending it keeps track of those kinds of situations too And if you're one of those people who have mining income or other self-employment type income, that's going to go on your Schedule C. And if you have expenses with that, you can just give that directly to us in our messaging channel over the phone or provide a document that lists your expenses and we will include that in your tax
0: return. Okay, cool. So you guys can go in. If somebody links their account with you guys, their Bitcoin tax account with you guys, your professionals can actually go in, check out the different calculation methods and make it so maybe that they're paying less taxes or optimize what what type of taxes they have to pay.
1: Absolutely. And we can be on it together. I've, I've done that lots of times with our clients. Look at these transactions together. So we're seeing the same thing and on the same
0: page. Very cool. Do they need to send you the CSVs from the exchanges or how does that work?
1: So we don't accept the CSVs from exchanges just because the transactions can add up and get complicated pretty easily. Maybe you just have one bitcoin. Even with that one bitcoin, you might have received forks or you might have had transactions that you don't even remember during the year. And so we need you to provide a 8949 from us or to connect with bitcoin.tax and get it from there. Another potential issue is that trading fees could get misreported or not be included in the CSVs. These fees should be factored in when accounting for your net gain or loss, and the exchanges might not get this right. So Bitcoin.tax, it plays a, a really key role in that it pieces together all of these transactions, and it's kind of impossible to do that without a really good software. So yeah, clients will need to either provide an 8949 or use a service like yours.
0: So anybody who's listening that has done their crypto taxes by hand, by using Excel, (laughs) they should give both of our services a try and Mm -hmm. see how much easier and how much more efficient it is to use these types of services. Right. So actually, you did mention about exchanges producing 1099k forms. I've had an issue where a client received a 1099k form from one of the exchanges they used, and the figures did not match up. Their proceed figures did not match up with our gross proceed calculation on Bitcoin taxes. So have you seen this? And in this scenario, what would be your recommendation?
1: So I personally haven't seen this yet, but it doesn't surprise me. I can definitely imagine proceeds being overstated and therefore your tax is going to be overstated. So in this particular situation, there might not be like a best solution in this case because it's a little nerve-wracking. The 1099k that you received was also sent to the IRS and might not be accurate. So the good thing about working with a tax advisor is that we would proactively include a document or a note on your return to explain that delta, explain why the 1099-K that they might have received doesn't reflect the Schedule D or it doesn't reflect your return. So we would get ahead of that. We would submit additional documentation when we sent in your return. And then if you did receive an inquiry or if you were audited, you would have us advisor here as protection. We would respond to the IRS and explain that discrepancy and explain why our return as filed is in fact accurate and that no additional tax should be paid. So while it's not the best position to be put in when you use a service like us, it should put you at ease that we're confident in our response to the right. IRS.
0: There's a little weight off the the customer's shoulders. Definitely. I've seen a few instances where people are getting these really inflated 1099Ks and they are super worried. I mentioned it earlier. They see these huge figures and they think that they owe money on these grossly inflated figures. And they also, of course, for people listening, the 1099K does not take into account your cost basis. So you're just seeing proceeds overall, not -hmm. not actual gain. You're just seeing proceeds, which is completely different than what you're paying taxes on
1: but we understand over here that it can be scary even if it's not the full picture so you get this 1099k that says you have this $20,000 in proceeds but it doesn't it doesn't show the $18,000 of cost basis you might have
0: right huh? right yeah right or 20 or $22,000 of cost right, basis right exactly having. yeah <laughs> for sure just to wrap it up what is uh, one last piece of advice you'd give to somebody who does have cryptocurrencies
1: I would say, keep calm. Know the IRS isn't out to get you. Know that they're not trying to lock you up or take your house. Um, that it is something that is new to the IRS too. So they're figuring it out. They are working on their guidance. And for right now, what they expect of the population is that they do their best to report their income, that they do their best to report transactions as faithfully as you can And if you do that, then there's nothing to worry about.
0: I think that's great advice. I think that's absolutely true. As long as you're trying to be honest and you're trying your best to be honest about Mm -hmm. your cryptocurrency taxes, you're very unlikely to get in trouble. Right. So basically, don't make an enemy out of the IRS and the IRS won't make an enemy out of you.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I think that's a really good way to end it.
0: Well, Jacqueline, thank you for uh, talking with us today definitely appreciate the valuable information you've shared. I'm sure it'll help a lot of people out. So thank you again.
1: Oh, Sal, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me.